Welcome to the Attracting Lasting Love podcast presented by CoachingWithFroy.com. You've found the place where single adults come for mindful wisdom and insight into how to attract and create healthy, lasting, conscious relationships. And now, here's your host, the owner of CoachingWithFroy.com, number one best-selling author, certified relationship coach, and TV analyst, Roy Biancalana. Well, hello again, and welcome to another edition of the Attracting Lasting Love podcast. My name is Roy Biancalana. I am your host, and today is part four of a five-part series that I have titled Trigger Warning. Okay? We are talking about why we get bothered, why we get set off, why our buttons get pushed, why we get triggered, and what to do about it. And I feel like this is really an important thing to discuss because we get triggered all the time. And when we do, we're either going to react to something and either ruin our own day or create more drama with someone else, right? Or we can use these moments when we're triggered to become more self-aware, to learn about ourselves, to learn about relationship dynamics, and potentially create a more healthy um, relationship with ourselves and, and a more healthy, harmonious relationship with people around us. So I just think this is a really important thing to discuss. Now, the premise of what we've been going after here is that there's a lot more happening within us when we're triggered than we might originally think, right? On the surface, it looks like, well, somebody said something, they criticized me, they ignored me, they ghosted me, they broke up with me, or I see something on Fox or CNN or something happens at work or, you know, my friends didn't invite me to a party or, and on the surface, it looks like, well, that's why I'm triggered because of what happened. And, but when you look a little bit deeper, you see that, okay, yeah, that's a part of it, but that's really not the underlying reason why we're triggered. So we have been exploring some of the root issues of why we get triggered, why our buttons get pushed. And so when you dig a little bit deeper underneath the surface reason, what's really happening when we're triggered is that we're not getting something we want. Like there is a deep emotional, psychological, there's, there's like a deep core want, an emotional need that is not being met in that moment. When we're triggered, we're not getting something we fundamentally want. And what we've been saying is those core wants, there is a, there's a set of them and they are common to all of us human beings. So on a very deep psychological level, this teaching says that we human beings, regardless of where we are, who we are, how old we are, where we live in the world, our race, our nationality, our gender, we are the same at a deep level in that we all want safety and security. We all want to feel approval, 
to be liked, loved, appreciated, noticed. We all want to be in control. We all want to feel like we're okay. We all want to feel connected. We want to feel one with. We want to belong. We want to be included. And conversely, we all have a wanting to be free, to be separate, to not be trapped, to not be burdened with responsibility, right? So to be human means that you have these five core wants, security, approval, control, connection, and freedom, okay? And so what we're basically saying here is when you get triggered, if you look closely, you're not getting one of those needs met in that situation. And that's what's really setting you off. Okay. Now today we are doing the fourth in that group, which is the wanting of connection. But before I get into that, I'm kind of reminded about giving some credit here for this framework, like this idea of these five core wants and security, approval, control, connection, freedom, They're not original to me. I first heard them from a guy named Hale DeWoskin of the Sedona Method. And then my friend Jim Dethmer expanded on them in his book, The 15 Commitments of Conscious Leadership. So I just want to let you know that these are not inventions of mine. These are not original thoughts of mine. I am packaging them in in my own style and presenting them to you in a relationship context, right? So... The way I'm presenting it, of course, is my own original creation. But the fundamental ideas here have been al- have been around, well, frankly, they've been around long before Hale DeWoskin and Jim Dethmer, right? Any person who pays attention to the human experience is going to recognize it on a deep level. I mean, even Abraham Maslow, I think, in his pyramid of hierarchy of needs, recognize that the fundamental need is for security, safety, food, shelter, clothing, right? And then it goes up the pyramid to self-actualization, right? So these ideas have been around a long time and I don't want to give the impression that I'm creating these things and they're, they're my original ideas and, and uh, I don't want to create the image that I'm that smart. <laughs> if I have any intelligence, um, I know who to steal from. <laughs> I think Jim Dethmer once told me that. He said, real genius is knowing who to steal from. <laughs> and these ideas have been out in the world and I'm, I'm taking them and I'm packaging them for you to help you grow and make sense of your world and make your relationships work better. Because if you don't know how to deal with when you're triggered, you will not have a very good time in your love life or in any relationships in your life. Because if you haven't noticed, we trigger each other all the time. In fact, the idea that you're going to find a partner who is not going to trigger you, it's like, oh no, I think I can find someone. We have this incredible chemistry and we are so perfectly compatible that we never push each other's buttons. We never get angry at each other. We never feel triggered by what one of us does or doesn't do. I mean, that that is so pie in the sky ridiculous. Um, I actually think that the universe, there's this principle of opposites attract. 
I actually think that we are attracted to our opposites, especially psychologically, certainly energetically, you know, masculine and feminine are opposite energies. And just right there, there's tons of triggers that happen because the masculine and feminine are so completely different from each other, right? Men are from Mars, women are from Venus. <laughs> you remember the title of that book, right? So just that energetic difference is going to trigger us. And then we attract our psychological opposites. You know, like I'm very aggressive. I'm very type A. My wife is very passive, very much wants to be in the background. Okay. And that there's triggers that happen in our relationship because of that. So, I think the universe puts people together because the way we grow is to get triggered because triggers bring things up. Triggers give us the opportunity to learn about ourselves, to learn about other people, to grow in acceptance, to grow in compassion, to let go of being right, to let go of being judgmental, and to learn to live in harmony with people who see the world differently than us. And I don't think we can learn and grow in that regard unless the universe puts people in our lives that trigger us and give us an opportunity to see a part of our ourselves, our shadows, um, our assumptions, our faulty beliefs, and so forth, right? So you're going to be triggered. You're going to end up in a relationship, even though you madly love one another, where you're going to be triggered. And if you want that relationship to be sustainable, you need to learn, what do I do when I'm triggered? How how do I handle this? Because if you don't, you're going to blow the relationship up. And many of you listening, including me, can point to examples where we got triggered and we blew up a relationship because of the way we reacted or overreacted or the way we handled our emotions or somebody else's emotions, right? We can all tell stories of, oh yeah, I'd like to go back and handle that one differently, whether it was at work or in your love life. So this is really an important conversation to have. And today we're really getting into the issue that I think everyone who listens to this podcast is going to relate to, right? This is the Attracting Lasting Love podcast. So you're listening because you're sort of wanting to attract a life partner, right? And so the fourth core want that we're addressing in this episode is the wanting to connect, the wanting to be one, the wanting to belong, right? So We're talking about people and times when we feel disconnected. We feel alone, lonely, isolated, um, left to our own devices. There's, There's a core want to be one with, to be joined with. I mean, we can see this just in the human instinct to be social, to belong to anything from a tribe, to a political party, 
to a pickleball group, right? And of course, the instinct to find a partner. Okay, now part of that is biological because if we don't partner up, we're one generation away from the extinction of the human race, right? But this is a powerful, powerful core want that we need to talk about because it's this core want that can wreak havoc in our lives if we don't really understand it and learn how to work with it. So let's let's talk a little bit about what happens when you feel disconnected, when you feel like you're separate, you're alone. That feeling, and, and I can relate to it because my first book was about relationship addiction and it was a memoir. It was the story of my being addicted to relationships and to love, not necessarily sex. I was never a hit it and quit it type of guy. I was a serial monogamist. Sexual, sexual addiction has no relationship to it. They want to get on, get off, get out. Guys, okay, so that wasn't my thing. My thing is I couldn't be alone. My thing was I felt like for the moments that I was single, I felt like um, a helium balloon that was cut loose and floating at the whim of the winds in the atmosphere. For me, I never felt tethered. I never felt grounded unless I was in a relationship. Okay, so I was terrified being single. It it wasn't comfortable for me. Um, I felt loose. I felt kind of a wanderingness. I, I felt an aloneness. And it was so profound that it made me and I think us do crazy things. Okay, so when we don't know how to work with this core want, one of the things that happens is we make really lousy decisions in our love lives. We may stay in a relationship that we really shouldn't, right? But but it's better than being alone, right? It might be unhealthy. It might be just total drama. It might even be abusive. It might... It might not be a healthy relationship at all, but to walk towards the emptiness and walk away from something, right? When we're really trapped in this, really this need to be connected, this wanting to be one with, this need to belong and not be separate, man, you can stay in a relationship longer than you should. You can also really ignore red flags, right? You can just explain them away. You can justify them. You can think, well, I'm sure they'll grow out of that habit or they'll stop doing X, Y, or Z um, because underneath you're so much wanting to be connected that you're just going to run through a bunch of red lights. And you know what happens when you run through red lights, right? You get, you get (laughs) T-boned, you get in a wreck, you get hurt, Right, but we do it. Right, 
one of the things that I did in my love life is for the it was not I was not single for very long between relationships. Right, I've I've talked about the Tarzan syndrome that that I certainly had. Meaning, you know, when Tarzan is swinging on the vines through the jungle, he never lets go of one vine before he grabs a hold of another one, right? Otherwise, he falls to the floor of the jungle to his death, right? So he never lets go until he's got another one to hold on to. And that was my deal with relationships. There was very little time between them. In fact, in a lot of my relationships, they overlapped each other. And you know, I, I was married and had an affair, that's how much they overlapped, right? But sometimes in those moments, those days when I, I might be single, what would happen is I would think of old partners that I had broken up with or that things didn't go anywhere with and I'd call them up. I would recycle, you could say. I'd go back to former lovers because I needed someone to to be in some kind of relationship with. You follow me? So these are the things that we do. We can make horrible financial decisions because the power of loneliness, this feeling of being disconnected, well, uh, yeah, oh, I'll pay that debt for you or, oh, I'll... Uh, do something with my money to help you in a situation. And you know how often that kind of thing backfires. But why do we do it? Because, well, they might leave me if I don't, or they might not keep me, you know, and it's all, I, I, I need to do this. And you might think on the surface, you're just being generous and loving, but no, deep down, it's this wanting to be one with and you can't stand the idea of being disconnected. So you make bad financial decisions. We also can jeopardize our children, you know, including our children in our relationships maybe sooner than we should, right? Maybe involving them or introducing them to someone sooner because, because we just so much want to connect. We so much want to be in a relationship you know, we, we can make some very not smart decisions with our children and even our, in our home and our living environments. You, you know, sometimes because we're so afraid of being alone, when a person wants to move a relationship along very quickly, we have a hard time saying no because we think if, well, let's move in together and you're not ready for that. Let's have sex together. Oh, I'm no, I don't know if I'm ready for that, but, 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 you know, if I don't do this, well, then I might lose them and then I'm back to nothing. I'm, I don't have anyone. So we can make lousy decisions just for our lifestyles, lousy decisions financially, lousy decisions with our children involved. Do you, you see how powerful this is? This wanting to not be isolated and separate and alone. See how powerful it is and why we need to talk about this, okay? Now, the only way out of this that I have ever found, and I really do believe there's no other solution, is actually to, 
to 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 get on a spiritual path to where you are wanting to recognize what every spiritual teacher from Buddha to Eckhart Tolle has been teaching. I don't care if they're Jewish or Muslim or Christian or Buddhist or Hindu or I don't care what it is. If there is a perennial truth in in any of these spiritual traditions, it is that you are not alone. That you are already one with life or God or whatever you want to call it. The idea that you are disconnected or separate, that you don't belong, that you're not one with, is only a feeling in the ego. But in reality, if you look closely, it is not true. Because here's what happens. When we're in the throes of this wanting to be one, you know, not only do we all do all kinds of crazy things that I just described, but the only solution is to find a partner, right? So we become obsessive. We join all these different online dating sites. We hire matchmakers, right? We, every place we go, it's like, oh, will I meet someone there? I want to, I, I want to go do things and I want to join groups or I want to, everything I do, the underlying thing is going to be, is this going to give me a better chance to meet someone, right? We can become very obsessive about finding a partner. It becomes a focal point of our lives. And so the only way out of that, because that's the solution that the world's going to offer you. It's the solution that every romantic comedy is offering. It's the solution offered in every musical song that's about relationships, every country western song, every pop song that's about love. I mean, listen to a a Taylor Swift song. Just the other day I was riding in the car and one of her songs came on called You Belong to Me. And I, I think it's been out for quite some time. But for whatever reason, I just started listening to the words and I was like, oh my God. <laughs> There's a song about someone who is so obsessed and needing to be connected that they're like, you belong to me. You're going to see it one day. I, I wish I had the lyrics off the top of my head. But, you know, the person they're singing about doesn't see them as the one. And the song is all about how one day you're going to recognize that I understand you and I'm there for you. And I'm the, it's this it's this obsessive love addicted plea for for someone to want to be one with me. So I mean so this is what's being offered to you as a solution when you feel lonely, when you feel disconnected, go find a partner. And a partner's going to fix it for you. Okay? Now, the only problem with that, again, this is what we've been saying in this series is that when you have these core wants, there's nothing wrong with them. There's nothing wrong with wanting to be connected. Not at all. It's just that what do you, how do you go about finding that connection? That's where the trouble comes in. 
And the conventional thing to wanting oneness or wanting to be connected is to find a partner. You know, Okay, Roy, what's the problem with that? Well, life partners make lousy life sources. Because what you're doing is you're thinking that partner is going to fill that loneliness void. They are going to make you feel connected and one with. And I'm just here to tell you, they won't. There's lots of people who are married and happily married that still feel lonely. See, so one of the things we have to reckon with is that we have made relationships. We have, we have thought that relationships can do more than they can do. We have made them the be-all, end-all. If I find a partner, it's all going to be okay. I, this empty place will be filled. This story of me being abandoned will be finished. This problem that I have is going to be fixed. This identity that I seem to lack is going to be given to me because I'm going to be, I'm going to belong to someone. I'm going to, you know, be one with them. So I sort of feel more of my own identity because somebody wants to be with me. See, but it doesn't work that way. They're just partners. And even if somebody really truly does love you, they're not going to be able to meet these deeper emotional needs on a consistent, reliable level and way. They're just not. They're just human beings. They're going to disappoint you. I'm not, I'm not saying the relationship is going to fall apart and that they don't love you and that they're liars and deceivers and bitches or bastards. I'm not saying that at all. Then you could be with a wonderful person and they're going to disappoint you if you are expecting them to meet these deeper emotional needs within you. They're just not built for it. And relationships were not designed to do that. But yet in our world, we've been taught that, oh, yes, they are. You have been taught through everything I just mentioned and more, certainly in churches, that the purpose of a relationship is to meet your emotional needs. You got to find the right partner. When you find not just any partner, but the right partner, you're never going to feel disconnected. You're never going to feel alone. You're never going to feel separate. And I'm telling you, that is expecting a relationship to do something it can't, and you're going to end up feeling disappointed. And then what happens, because if you believe that's what a relationship does, when you're in a relationship with someone for six months, a year, and some of these emotional needs are still there, I must have the wrong partner. I got to get rid of this one. Because this not okay feeling I have is not going away. So the problem must be that I've got the wrong partner. So I'm going to trade that one in and I'm going to try to find another partner because finding a partner is the way I fix 
this this wanting to be one, this feeling separate. See? So when we have these core wants, the conventional way of dealing with them is to go outside of ourselves and it just doesn't work. I'm not saying it's wrong. It just doesn't work. So then we're like we've been talking about throughout the series, we have the opportunity to source from within these core wants. We can find security that's within us and it doesn't have to be based on our finances or what people or circumstances are doing. We can feel safe and secure no matter what's going on on the outside of us. We can source approval from within ourselves. We can love ourselves. We can like ourselves. We can value who we are to the extent that I don't need to be a people pleaser. I don't need to be an approval addict. I don't need to jump through all kinds of hoops to get you to like me so that I can feel approved of and not abandoned. I can, I can feel wanted. See, I, I, don't, I don't need to do all that because I'm sourcing this, this wanting of approval from within myself. Same with with control, you can try to arrange everything in your life so that it's all exactly the way you need it so you can feel okay. Or you can find the place within you that is okay right now without having to control anyone or anything around you. You can let go and let the world be as it is and trust that everything that needs to be controlled is already being controlled without me even doing it. And I can rest in that place of releasing the wanting to control everyone and everything and find I'm already okay. And then with this wanting to be one, you can go out in the world and just be grabbing at people. Gimme, 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 right? You can be needy. You can be desperate. You can be clingy. You can be on all the dating sites. You can be trying to find a partner. You can be obsessed about all of it. And it's just going to create all the drama that I have experienced in my own life and what I just have spent 15 minutes describing to you. When you see that that path doesn't work, you're still left with, well, I still have this wanting to be connected. Can you source connection from within? Can you find that you are not alone, that you are not disconnected, that you are already one with life, that there is an intimacy with your own experience, with your own feelings, with your own presence, that you are not alone, that you are not disconnected. See, and the more that you can find that though I might be single, I'm not alone. I am in a relationship with life. I am married to life. I am one with life. I'm not separate at all. The more that you feel that in your body, the better of a partner you potentially become. Because now, first of all, you won't stay in a relationship that isn't healthy. Why would I do that? Because I'm not alone. I don't really need you if it's not healthy. Right? I, I won't recycle with partners I know are not right for me because I'm not alone. Right? Is 
You don't make silly decisions financially or with your kids or with your life. You have no problem setting boundaries. You have no problem risking a relationship, you know, for your own truth because you're not alone. <laughs> I'm, I'm not single. I am one with life. And so you make better decisions. And of course, you don't try too hard in a relationship. You don't come on too strong. You don't even need to play a game. You don't need to play the dating games that everybody teaches you how to play. I mean, you only play the dating games. Why? Because I got to play the game to get into a relationship. Well, why are you doing it? What's the fundamental issue? Well, it's because I'm I'm wanting to be one. I feel disconnected and alone. So I'll do anything to get in. I'll play the game. I'll I'll manage my image. I won't set boundaries. I right. Do you find this? So the more that you see this, the more that what you're what you're really pursuing is not a partner. You're pursuing your own understanding that you are already partnered up with life itself. So the wanting to be one is a legitimate want. It's just where are you going to get that feeling fulfilled? And all the spiritual teachers will tell you, you're already one. You're already connected. You just don't see it. You have spiritual amnesia. You have forgotten who you are. You have forgotten your birthright. So I want to talk a little bit about this. And I want to start on a very practical human level. And the first is, you know, we put far too much emphasis on this idea of I want to be connected, I want to be one with, on the intimate relationship. I think we discount and don't give enough credit to, and we don't feel enough connection from all the other relationships in our lives. Now, I'm not trying to say you shouldn't want a partner. Of course you do, right? And I'm not trying to discount it, but I'm trying to raise in your mind that this idea that you're alone is ridiculous. You've got family. You've got friends. You've got coworkers, right? There's all kinds of love in your life. There really is. Your pets love you. You love your pets, right? And, but, but we don't, we don't take that in enough. We don't see that, that if I'm in a tough spot, there are a couple of people that will drop whatever they're doing and come to my side if I need them. It's like, I'm not alone. I might be single, but man, I'm connected. Now, some people have way more friends than others. I'll get you. And some people have way more family members than others. And some of us are estranged from our families and so forth. But almost everyone hearing the sound of my voice has people that love them and pets that love them and children that love them and coworkers that care about them. But we don't give that any credit. We don't, when we're feeling lonely, we don't, 
We don't fall back on that. We don't remind ourselves that I'm not alone. I mean, maybe my relationship status is single, but I'm not really single. So I have a lot of love relationships in my life. There's a book I read a number of years ago. Forget the name of it. It's on my shelf, but I don't want to turn around and try to find it right now. But this author uh, pointed to the fact that the ancient Greeks had six different words for the word love. In other words, for the ancient Greeks, there were six kinds of love. Everything from eros, which is the sexual intimate kind, to agape, which is the love of God, right? The unconditional love. And there's there's four others in there. And his point in the book is the very point I'm making right now, is that we get this soulmate syndrome. It's like, if I don't have a soulmate, I don't have love. If I don't have a soulmate, I'm alone. I'm disconnected. I'm, I'm separate. I don't belong. And he's like, the ancient Greeks recognized six different sources of love. And we've, we've decided only one source matters. And if I don't have that, oh my God. And then we freak out and we do all this crazy stuff that we do in our love lives. So one of the things that you can always remind yourself if you're getting trapped in this wanting is that you're not alone. On, on that on that basic level okay that's that's really important that we not only rely on other people and reach out to them and spend time with them but just in our own spirits we don't let our minds tell us this lie that we're alone and that we're not in a love relationship well yes you are yes you are and sometimes we get so obsessed about finding a partner that that we ignore some of these other relationships. We let these other love relationships in our lives wither on the vine because we're so out there trying to find someone. We don't spend time with our friends. We don't spend time with our family. You know, we're, we're just obsessed and all of our free time is with the dating apps and meeting people and you know, obsessing about, are they going to text me and what's going to happen? Okay. So that's, that's one solution that you can recognize that you have a lot of love relationships in your life. The second thing you can do, and this is something that I, I did um, sort of in the middle of some of my most lonely times is I went out and spent time in nature. I took what are called conscious nature walks because I was being told by my coach, Roy, you're not alone. You're connected to life. You're one with life. If you step back far enough, you're going to see that you are on this planet and you are a part of everything that you're just a part of nature like everything else. And so I, I engaged in what are called nature walks when I was feeling some of my darkest, loneliest, disconnected times. Um, I would go out in nature 
but I would go out in nature with the purpose of looking for how everything is interdependent and connected with everything else. In other words, I was noticing the squirrels find nuts. The tree, the nuts come off the trees. The trees get water and sunshine and nutrients from the ground. The trees are connected to the ground. And in the ground, there are worms and insects and different things that the birds feed off of, right? And I, I, so I started to notice that nothing in nature is disconnected and alone. It's all a part of one ecosystem. It's all this one planet. There is nothing separate. It's, they're all connected to each other. This is why, like, I don't know how much this is true, but sometimes the, our bee population is threatened. And I've heard people say that if something happens to the bees, if somehow they were extinct, it would be a domino effect on all of nature because of the part that bees play in the whole process. You take one out and it's like the whole house of cards comes down. Now, I don't know if that's true or not, but I'm sure it's true in the sense that if we take species out or plants out or different things, it does affect the balance of everything, right? There, so there's a congruity, there's, there's a harmony, and there's a oneness in nature. And so I didn't just go for a walk, you know, and listen to some music, which is fine if you want to do that. No, this was a conscious nature walk. I was going out with my eyes looking for oneness and separateness because I felt separate and I wanted to see, is it true? And what I began to feel little by little, I had to do, I had to do a lot of this, but little by little, I noticed that I'm really not different from the squirrel or the bird or the tree or the plant. Okay. Yeah. I'm human. And yeah, I've got this evolved mind that, you know, comes up with all these bizarre thoughts and worries, and because squirrels aren't worried about finding a, 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 you know, a nut, and the bees aren't worried about finding a plant to pollinate. <laughs> They're not like, oh my god, where am I going to find a flower? Right? They just you don't get a sense of that in nature. There's a trust. There's there is a life cycle, of course. Right? Trees die, and birds die, animals die, plants die. But there's no anxiety with it. You don't sense any of that in nature. But we have this human mind, of course, and then we get all wigged out about, about everything. But when you get down to the, the brass tacks of it all, I'm no different than the animals and the plants and the trees and the bees and the birds and the squirrels and everything else. I'm, I'm just a part of this life. And I'm not alone any more than the squirrel's alone, any more than the bird is alone. I'm just... Single, for God's sakes, Roy, you don't have a partner right now. Would you relax? <laughs> You're not separate. You got a family that loves you. I had a son at the time. <laughs> right? My favorite person on the planet. 
I had friends. I had a career. It was like, God, right? So those are these are two things that you can do, I think, very much immediately is really relish in the love relationships you have. And then take some conscious nature walks and you're going to find your spirit in this clinginess inside, this anxiety of I'm wanting to be one with. You'll find it relax. Now, one of the things that I haven't done, and maybe I should have done it earlier in the podcast, maybe give you a couple of examples of this wanting to be one. Because it's not just wanting a partner. This is a, it's a deeper thing that we can be triggered in other ways, right? What if you're not invited to a party? Why are you triggered? Well, they didn't invite me. Well, really, what's going on? Well, I want to belong. I want to be included. I feel separate. They, they overlooked me, right? Or... You weren't invited to your class reunion or the boss didn't invite you into an important meeting or your friends are starting a pickleball team and they didn't ask you to join, right? There's so many ways that this wanting to belong, to be connected, that can get triggered in you, Right? So there's that's the part I want you really to get that this this wanting to be connected can get triggered from any direction in your life, not just I'm single. And when you notice when you're triggered, you could ask yourself like, okay, what which one of these wants is really being what buttons really getting pushed here? Because I'm maintaining that when you don't have just one button. When you get triggered. No, there's five buttons in you. And they're labeled security, approval, control, connection, or freedom, separateness. And when you'll notice, and that's part of being self-aware, it's like, boy, I'm triggered. Why? What's the button being pushed? And once you identify, oh, I'm wanting to belong, then you can deal with that in a healthy way. Instead of lashing out with a, brutal text message. How could you? You're not a good friend. And and then find out that it was just a mistake that they thought you were included in the text friend the text thread and they thought they invited you or I mean and you find out that oh I just made a fool out of myself because I got triggered and I overreacted and misread a situation. Right? So this is the wanting to be one, the wanting to be connected. And you're either going to try to get this want met outside of you and hold people responsible for making you feel included and wanted and, and loved and one with, or you can recognize that's not anyone else's job but mine. That my job, my work is to find the connection that's already here. To find my connection to life itself. To really discover who I am. And the more that you, and this is a growing thing, the more and more that you feel it, 
the easier it is for you to be a friend, the more fun you'll, you will be to be around, the better partner you're going to be because you're going to be less demanding. Like I remember so many women in my life telling me, Roy, no matter what I do, it's never enough for you. It's never enough for you. Because see, for me, here's another kind of metaphor analogy that you can, remember I told you I felt like a, a disconnected helium balloon. See, when you're really in the throes of this wanting to be one, to belong, to be connected, it's like skydiving, right? You want to go skydiving. And I, I don't even know if you can go solo in, as a beginner. I don't, I, don't, I don't think you can ever do that. You have to go tandem, right? So you're jumping out of this airplane and your connection is very important to you. <laughs> <laughs> you are going to cling to your to your partner, aren't you? You're going to I ain't I ain't letting go of you because if I'm connected to you, I live. If I if I get disconnected, I fall to my death. And really that's it's it's kind of a graphic way to put it, but isn't that kind of how we feel when we're in the throes of this wanting to be one? It's like I got to have you. I got to stay connected. I can't, you can't, what is jealousy and possessiveness all about? It's, it's the wanting to be one, right? You're, you're jealous because you're fearing that you could lose the connection. You're possessive because you've got to keep the connection. What is in a sense being controlling in a relationship? Well, I got to keep the connection, I got to control what they do, where they go, who they text, who they talk to, who they flirt with, right? Because you're you're like skydiving in your life and you've got to maintain your connection to your partner. Otherwise, it's bad news. There's nothing that you can do better in your life to help you attract lasting love than to work on finding your connection to life itself. I'm going to say that again. There is nothing that you can do in your life that's going to help you attract lasting love than you working on finding that you are already connected to life. Because when you don't feel that, you become a nightmare. You become a difficult person to relate to. You become anything from neurotic to high maintenance to obsessive to controlling to jealous to trying too hard, coming on too strong, whatever it might be. So then in correlation to that, then working with someone like me might be exactly, well, it is exactly what you need to do. Because when you work with me, we don't really talk about where to go to meet someone on Saturday night because that ain't it, right? This is it. If you're going somewhere to meet somebody on Saturday night, but you're going in this place of I'm wanting to be one and and you have all, all this, this kind of disconnected energy inside of you, do you see how you're just going to sabotage it? You're just going to create the same dynamics that you have in the past. So doing this inner work 
of finding that you already are in a relationship to such an extent that it it soothes the savage beast within <laughs> like it you really find a relaxation you really feel whole and complete you're not lacking nothing is missing that you are whole and complete that is when you become your most attractive self that's when it happens and that's what i want to do with you as a client so reach out to me let's let's do this kind of work it's not as difficult as you think it doesn't take as long as you think it's really about the person's willingness and seriousness to go in this direction and not simply find a coach that will give them techniques to meet people and the right lines to say and what to you know how to flirt and where to go i mean if you, if you still feel like that's the path for you then do it maybe you need to suffer more before you see the reality of what i'm saying but if you've seen that that way doesn't work and it just gets you in relationship groundhog day where it's the same kind of crap happening to you over and over again then maybe you're ready for this more authentic and conscious way of attracting a life partner which is to not obsess about them but to do the inner work on yourself and so if you want to do that work you want to explore that work you know where to find me right it's roy at coachingwithroy.com or call my cell phone 407-687-3387. Now I want to wrap up this particular podcast, not with that meditation, the guided meditation that I included at the end of the first three episodes in this series, but I want to play a piece of a song for you. Because, and maybe I should have said this earlier, one of the best ways to feel love and to feel connection is to change the mindset from where do I get it to how can I give it, right? So often, as single people, we're trying to get love. We're, we're trying to find it. We're, we're takers, right we're 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 reaching for we're trying to manifest we're trying to attract we're we're trying to get something but very often the way you get something is about giving it the way you get connection and get love and get belonging is by giving connection giving love giving belonging does that make sense so i want to play a song um, when you hear it, you'll recognize it. You have heard it before. It's a really fun song. If it becomes like a little earworm, it's going to be okay because it's such a beautiful little melody. But listen to the words of this song and maybe it's going to help you in your, in your pursuit of intimacy to pursue it less and to give it more. Instead of being someone seeking for love, you might be one who is spreading it, 
who is giving it. And in the spreading and giving, so I think it was some famous spiritual teacher one time said, you, you, you receive what you give or you, how did he say it? You, I, I can't get the phrase right. You give what you receive or you receive what you give. I don't know. I'm getting it all mixed up there, which is okay. You get my point and this song is going to make it. So listen to the song and then I'll see you next week for the final installment of our current series. There's a reason for the sunshine sky and there's a reason why I'm feeling so high must be the season when that little light shines all around us. You've been listening to Attracting Lasting Love with Roy Biancalana. Be sure to subscribe so that you don't miss a single episode. And while you're at it, please leave a rating and review and share it with anyone you think might benefit from listening. Check out our website at coachingwithroy.com and tune in every week for more insights and wisdom on creating healthy, lasting, conscious relationships.